Okay, hi everybody and welcome back to a strange, weird and wonderful edition of B2B Nav. Feels somewhat like a sequel, I think that was the way Ollie just described it and before we uh, jumped online with the recording. Um, yesterday was very much kind of uh, discussing and embracing the, the fear and some of the issues around um, the coronavirus and the COVID-19 kind of outbreak and how that might impact uh, businesses and B2B brands going forward. This week, we find ourselves all sat in weird and wonderful remote locations, otherwise known as our homes, um, as we are attempting to keep up with the, with the podcast um, and with our content production. And thankfully, at BDB, we embraced a while ago, kind of embracing in technology kit, um, and I guess a tech stack as well, which we can come on to, which, which enables us to pretty much seamlessly work from home. Um, I don't know how you guys have found it today with your first, I mean, we work from home all the time, but yeah. this felt a bit different today for me. How about you guys? Yeah, I think I've, I've found, um, I know a lot more about Microsoft Teams than I did yesterday <laughs> evening, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's been kind of quite, quite a revelation in terms of how robust it is. Yeah. yeah. And how good it is for multiple working. It's very different, I've, isn't it, now that it's... Um, everybody working from home as opposed to one or two people have chosen yeah. to work from home that day. Yeah, I think the more, the more, no, challenging, more challenging calls today have been similar to this, I think, in a way, I guess, when you've got multiple people online and the difficulty in not speaking over one another at the most basic sense is <laughs> it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. So sat there waiting to jump in and then go for it and then somebody else says something, but it's, um, I guess that. But it's interesting because I, I don't know about you, Matt, but all day today, I've not used video on any of my calls. So this podcast is the first time I've used video. Yeah. And it's actually a lot easier to not dive in over the top or kind of cut people off. And there's none of that awkward, oh, no, no, you go first sort of thing. It's a bit more kind of easy to gauge. I think a lot of people are just nervous even turning the cameras on on the webcams, aren't they, for the cops these days. And the people's default, even at our place, we're used to doing the international calls on a regular basis would be not to have the camera on but yeah. I guess I guess Ollie let's come to you from the digital standpoint to start with but in the sense of having the right tech stack or even IT and infrastructure in play what what would you say are the core elements that you think enable that kind of seamless working environment well, I'll, uh, I'll throw one out there that I don't think we considered previously, but it's definitely uh, a factor is <laughs> how stable are people's home internet connections? Because that's definitely been a factor today. <laughs> Some people have found out their internet connections aren't that good. Probably yeah. not uh, helped by the fact that, you know, everybody else in the UK is also working from home. So I imagine there's more traffic on some of their uh, home connections than they used to. Yeah. Um, but I guess going back to, to business, I mean, the first thing is, is obviously having something in place to make sure that you can uh, communicate, whether that's Microsoft Teams or Skype or Drift or something to make sure that you can be in regular contact with Teams. You can see when they're online, you yeah. can have phone calls and then realizing that you can use those uh, freely. You don't necessarily have to, when you're talking to your team, you don't necessarily have to schedule time and book a call and you can just treat it like you're trying to ring them up or like you would do when you're in the office, which is you'd wander over to people. I think we've got to be careful not to have this barrier in place of like, oh, must schedule a call because then it is a bit broken down that communication, mm -hmm. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I think we're, we're very lucky. I mean, this is a very insular viewpoint, but we've had the capability to do this and we've kind of as a business have been set up to kind of work in this kind of really flexible way for a long, mm -hmm. quite a few years now. Mm -hmm. 
and it's almost become the norm that people are very comfortable with the process but i think mm-hmm. more importantly is that start the start point which is getting everything on the cloud so everything's mm-hmm. accessible to everyone at any one time yeah, yeah that's true i, think I remember both. when we Sorry. went through the whole sharepoint process that for me was the beginning of this journey of being able to really comfortably sit out of the office and still continue and be a viable employee. Yeah, I guess for us, yeah, the SharePoint in the Office 365 was probably the first step in that journey and then moving along. What's interesting today is, even with Ollie, I've been on several, several calls with Ollie today, but we've used Skype for business, Zoom, uh, Teams, Teams, Slack, yeah. WhatsApp, uh, Drift, and WhatsApp today, I would say all the, all those platforms have been used in different ways amongst the team, all for different meetings and all with different levels of success. Um, and particularly on the, the conferencing side of things today, it, I was amazed how bad Skype was comparatively to the other, the other channels. Now. Yeah, it really struggles, doesn't it? Yeah, but whether Microsoft have done that on purpose or something to encourage you to use Teams, I mean, Teams is so much better um, in terms of um, clarity of the audio um, even just using the same pieces of kit and so on. Um, so obviously, I think we, we've used that more than anything today. But as you said, John, I think in terms of having everything centrally accessible on SharePoint, um, being able to screen share and walk through uh, presentations. But I, I also think I do think we're a bit lucky in the sense of we are used to working like this with clients internationally. Yeah. You know, a week-to-week basis, a lot of our client correspondence, if we're not on a plane, and we're certainly not at the minute, has to be done via one of these yeah um, platforms on a regular basis anyway so it, it it does feel business as usual other than i wouldn't normally have eight teams meetings today which is how it's how it's kind of felt like <laughs> yeah how it's how it's the dice have fallen yeah yeah and i'm also yeah i'm also interested because i suppose it's day one and for the meantime none of us really know how long this is going to go on for um do you think it's sustainable working from home I think it's going to be interesting because there's, I've got a couple of things coming up in the next few days that I've never tried to do remotely. Yeah. So I've got, in fact, with you, actually, we've got some brainstorms. We've got a couple of kind of strategy meetings that require whiteboards that require actual, you know, scribbling and kicking ideas around. Yeah. And I don't know how the virtual whiteboards are going to deal with that and how that will be. So that'll be quite an interesting thing. Yeah. But in terms of business, Will it, will it sustain? Yeah, I think as long as, you know, it's, we're not asking it to do anything too outlandish, we should be all right. Yeah. Ollie, what one do you think you'll get cabin fever? I've already got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we obviously had our office reverb recently, and I found that after a week of working from home during that, and I was, I was pretty sick of being at home. So uh, I suspect a few days is kind of my ideal limit. Um, but I, I feel like this might be a, at least a few weeks uh, intended uh, at least by government advice so uh, we'll have to see how it pans out yeah okay and I guess the impact on clients going forward because I think uh, we touched on it you know relatively heavily last week in terms of the major impact on us in the b2b space for the meantime was uh, events exhibitions expos mm-hmm. uh, trade shows whatever whatever name you want to give them these days and um, all being mainly in the space that we were saying uh, deferred or postponed um, and that still seems to be the case um albeit we've seen one since uh, fully cancelled haven't we in the us um yeah so the, that went from postponed to to cancelled altogether and they're now putting their efforts into 
the East Coast show rather than the West Coast was what we were looking at attending at the time. I guess for a lot of clients at the minute, they've got to keep the marketing going. They've got to keep yeah. their, their efforts going, keep their brand awareness, and obviously not attending things like these trade shows and exhibitions is a core part of their calendar, particularly for brand awareness and, and, and lead generation, depending on what their purpose or objective is for attending the show. What, what advice would you have for a client, and I'll come to you in the first case, Ollie, on this one, for diverting spend, thinking differently? Might be putting you on the spot here, it's a big question, but <laughs> if they're not attending a trade show or a trade show is cancelled, then it may, you know, arguably might free up some budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you know, the, the ex-accountant in me might say, well, save the budget at the minute because we are operating in quite unknown <laughs> times. Um, yeah. But if not, what, what, other op- what other options have clients got at their disposal? So Handley is chatting about this over lunch um, and we've seen, we've already seen clients start asking about this and we've already started thinking about how this might work. Um, but for me, I think the answer is uh, that really we should be looking at spending that budget digitally just from the point of view of there are, I'm not going to say that it's the same because there's something about having face-to-face in-person contact, but there are uh, digital methods out there to get out there, to share your message, to get leads, to get, to gain interest. One of which um, being webinars that from my point of view for our clients, I think a lot of them kind of put webinars to some extent on the back seat in the last few years. Um, But, you know, we still get great success from webinars. I was on a webinar, you know, a couple of weeks ago for the the amount of time that I put into prepping it and then having people join it. We had something like 200 attendees. So well worth it from the point of view of, um, of uh, yeah, the amount of time and investment that went into it. Um, so I think there are ways to continue doing it and, and I think it just makes sense to kind of channel that, that money in somewhere else. Cause I think, like you said, like it's an uncertain time, but if we just down tools, are we going to have less sales and less leads? And that means, you know, business is just going to be down even further than there already is. Yeah. In no, which case, I think that's helping anybody in the long term. Yeah. That's a good point. It's something that Sue Dixon used to, uh, the pre- one of the previous owners of BDB used to hammer into me. Of, you know, when the first thing in tough times that gets cut is marketing spend, which is ironic given it's probably the one thing that might have been the lifeblood that holds on to, um, you know, the leads continuing to flow through to your business and so on. I guess, John, coming in your direction, because I guess it, for me, you know, the trade shows typically for our clients is quite often where they are showcasing products or services or... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's where, where they've got to kind of look at different methods of showcasing those products, showcasing those services. So, mm-hmm. you know, an investment or a more of an investigation into things like augmented reality, because that's a quite a nice, way, particularly for a client who's, you know, product based, to be able to kind of get across that tangibility of the product. You know, yeah. we've seen it with certain clients that we've worked with before, but, you know, sometimes they can't shift the product across the continent, even in normal times. So being able to kind of digitize that experience, not only do you actually give someone the experience there and then, but also they can take it away and they can share it with the rest of the team rather than the one or two people who might go to the show. So I think that's kind of one way that people should certainly be looking more now. And then the other one is looking to replace that face-to-face contact you know, because while, you know, you can't replace it per se, you can digitize the experience to a degree. Now, whether that's through sales enablement and investment in account-based marketing, it's kind of looking at different ways of reaching out and having that one-to-one contact with someone. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think okay, because a lot of our clients and prospects obviously go to the, a lot of these trade shows to meet people for pre-arranged meetings. Yeah. Um, and that can be press or it could be um, suppliers or customers. Um, and yeah, nothing replaces a face-to-face. Nothing replaces being sat next to somebody. But to the same extent, proactively filling the void that's left by some of these exhibitions with yeah. virtual meetings of some kind where you can um, still showcase product portfolios and expertise or whatever it may be. And I suppose that's where the things like the different sales enablement softwares can come into play. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of bringing those to the forefront as well when it makes it so easy and quick to to tangibly share um yeah the, the, you know the, the products and services overviews that you, you maybe would look to walk somebody through in person at mission yeah. as well mm-hmm. so like i know um obviously a lot of the events that we're we're dealing with have, like you say being postponed or cancelled but i know there's one event in the uk um that um rather than doing either of those I basically chose to switch it entirely online so it's um i don't know the correct term but it's like a buyer's event so everybody that's attending it is is interested in buying erp software so they're they're all in market and then the idea of the event is that they'd be uh, basically presenting to or they'd be presented to by lots of different vendors mm-hmm. and they're choosing choosing to do all of that online so the vendors will do all of their presentations through webinar and then that's for those buyers to uh, to then make their choice. Obviously, it's key there that that's not postponed because those buyers are currently in market. And if they postpone <laughs> it in six months' time, they'll need a complete different basket of uh, of uh, buyers. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, it's interesting for the for the organisers and so on. And I mean, it, obviously, this is going way way beyond um, just the sectors that we operate in B two B as well. I mean, the impact on the hospitality sector here in the in the UK will be. I mean, de- potentially devastating at the minute. And you know, my, my wife works for a big hospitality company and a uh, hospitality software company. Um, and a lot of their clients and customers are already coming to them asking for financial support. Or, to, you know, um, it, 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 it's, un- it's the uncertainty that goes with it all that will that will create, um, I guess, the further concern. You know, I, I've already spoken to my bank, the bank manager today at BDB, um, who's proactively ringing around all his clients to see how it's impacting us um, and other businesses um, so everybody's trying to come across as being supportive but then um, so I was trying to get rid of warnings off my screen here because I've had several Skype messages and uh, and then a warning off Zoom that we've got 10 minutes left by the way so uh, <laughs> a bit, bit different to podcasting normally isn't it and then my mum's trying to ring me on my mobile now yeah. it's all on the go um, Amazing, <laughs> what, what a time to be alive What an absolute, what an absolute trio of, of events there um, so yeah, I, mean, you know, I think Matt, there's. God, I was just thinking, you not think there's an element of, you know, like you say, with the bank manager ringing and trying to kind of Dunkirk spirit keep calm. But you don't mm-hmm. think, kind of, if we do that, it actually it helps the situation more than kind of the blind panic. You know, we've all seen the uh, empty shelves of Lou Roll, the empty. Uh, now yeah. red wine has gone off the shelves. And I think you know, <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to create a certain normality. I think helps people through it and actually almost begets a normality rather than. Yeah, I think so. And I think for me, and you know, you don't want to be, I'm certainly not being dismissive of it. You can't dismiss the stats that are coming out and Mm. the numbers around it. But for me, you assume it will return to normality at some point and we're not going to be sat here in nine months on, you know, on emergency food supplies or something, but but who who knows? But at at this stage, when it does return to normality and the, 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 the switches flip back on on events and, and exhibitions and so on particularly just thinking about that as the example that we keep using 
then if you have taken your foot off the gas or neglected it, then you, you're going to be so far behind the curve to start off again, aren't you? So I think you've got yeah. to you've got to plough on, assuming it's business as usual, um, and that yeah. weeks, hopefully not months, but on months, you know, the international travel bans will be lifted, and um, the, the the peak in the virus will have will have will have will have all but disappeared. Yeah. Um, but I think until but then, there is the age old. Yeah, those age-old sort of stats aren't there around the cost of acquisition, the cost of retention. Mm. And you know, is it five cost of acquisition is five times as much as retention? So yeah, actually, to kind of take your foot off really the gas rings, now. Yeah, yeah. But for me, that really rings true in the sense of if you do take your foot off the gas and don't replace your existing marketing efforts that you would have done at the trade show, somebody else will be will be. And then the other one other than trade shows obviously is um, sales meetings equally impacted with um, obviously it's on a much smaller scale because it's often a one-to-one or a small number of people meeting each other but they're being just as impacted with people either not wanting their employees to travel or the people that you're going to be meeting not wanting anybody to travel into their offices so I'm supposed yeah. to be going to in theory, a meeting in Amsterdam next week. Obviously, that's not going to be happening now um, because they don't want anybody to travel to them. And likewise, we're being advised not to travel unless it's absolutely essential. Um, yeah. So that would just be a regular sales meeting rather than the trade show that's being impacted. So it's yeah. How do you maintain that that uh, that contact, that level of connection in a, in a situation where um, yeah, you are being disrupted? But like we said, we can't. You can't take your foot off the gas there. No, I think I think I think that's it. And you know, when clients are asking us, other than you know, we're just following the the, the government's guidelines and and the, and the travel advice review, really. I think that's I think that's all you can do uh, in terms of you know following the advice that's out there and seeing um, yeah. where you can get to with it, I guess, and and then following the developments as close as everybody else is. But I don't think that the fear mongering and the panic tactics is going to really help anybody for the meantime. So the more the more of a, a normal. Uh, environment we can create, I guess, the best, and that's that's our um, I really hate the phrase because um, it's it's so overused these days. But keep calm and carry on, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is, but it is that, and I think you you know, I think you know, the advice to, to, to clients and, and people like us of you know, own and managed businesses needs to be you're going to have to think a bit differently, and you're going to have to do things differently, and you're going to, have to you know, think be as agile, be as agile as you can with the circumstances that, that faces for the meantime, because um you certainly can't sit back and just wait um you know who, who knows at the minute who knows i'll be interested to see if the podcast is being done like this next week or whether we're back in action yeah. but i think it might, <laughs> might, might be a few or in, in three months time we're all like howard hughes walking around with shoe boxes on our feet <laughs> yeah but you don't use that, no do you i mean everywhere i've been like a ghost town i said i've just just returned from um dubai over the last few days and uh, they they Locked down the airport, shut all the public restaurants, but you know, formally locked down the place, um, shut all the attractions, everything had gone. So it was, it was an eerie feel to it. And even in the local village today, when I went out at lunch, it was equally it's a strange, it's a strange feeling. But we'll we'll see, yeah. how, we'll see where we end up with it. See uh, where we end up. Hopefully, you don't see me emaciated sat here in the chair in six months time. I'm going to end up with a beard about eight foot long. <laughs> That's it. All I've noticed so far by working from home is a lot more remote meetings. My AirPods have need charging more than once. Uh, yeah. Interruptions by children. <laughs> Equally challenging to negotiate on several calls. Um, so, yeah. 
and that's only going to get worse if schools get closed obviously that'd be that's interesting fair. that's it so i'm conscious, I'm conscious of the time does yeah. anybody else get anything else they want to add in or mention on, on the topic for the meantime or are we are we good nothing for now other than i'd encourage people to just keep on keeping on you know mm -hmm. the moment you do take your foot off the gas it will come around and bite you tenfold i think mm -hmm. yeah similar to me I'd, I'd say it's just a case of like don't throw in the towel because obviously things are a bit harder now it's think about how you can keep going how it could how you can you know facilitate that level of personalization and, and kind of personal contact Mm -hmm. um and yeah don't don't forget that's a huge and important element and don't just try and wait it out you might as well whether it's a week or three weeks or months you should you know keep trying to push things through in the meantime yeah. sounds good you always get told don't you in marketing school that every threat is an opportunity yeah and i think you know while it might sound a little bit tasteless i think everyone should look at it that way and think well okay if we are given this this set of cards how do we play them yeah and can somebody, we do it differently? Can we improve? Somebody will, play, somebody will play them well. I think that's what you've always got to have in the back of your mind, haven't you? Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the time in this in these uh, strange, rather strange circumstances we find ourselves in. Um, if anybody's made it this far in the recording, uh, feel free to check out www.b2bknowledge.com uh, for our online um, content hub, all ungated content available for our prospects, clients, and contacts to help you navigate the ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape. Um, and thanks a lot for the meantime, and see you next week. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.